We got to start it. That's one way to start that podcast. <laughs> Episode number two. Here we are talking about gay stuff, and uh, Tony's talking about other stuff, but uh, such is life. Welcome to the second episode of Let's Talk About Gay Stuff. Woo-hoo! <laughs> Always about Morky, huh? Morky, by the way, is the dog that's in all the pictures that uh, we've been posting on social media. So if anyone had any doubt about Morky, we just wanted to figure... The thought was we... You know, we put her on social media so that people can um, see who Morky is. That but can we give her a real name, oh, which is not Morky? What is her real name? Her name is Shamika Shanae Tamika Tawana Brown. We can't deny that. This is true. It, it will not be shortened. <laughs> I, you know, we had this debate <laughs> when we when we got Morky because he wanted to call her Shamika Shanae Tamika Tawana Brown, and I was like, we're not going to have that. That's not happening because right. how do I go back to work, my corporate job, to be like, oh, you got a new dog? What are you going to call her? Or when company comes over. Yeah. When you yeah. have to yell at her because she won't come inside, be like, Shamika, Shamika, Tamika, Tawana Brown, get inside. Like, that wasn't going to work. So we had to. I Tony, now you try it out. Poor Marky. I'm yeah. not even going to try. <laughs> so, speaking of, she's uh, trying to say hi to us right now. Hey, Marky. Uh, we have a guest guest this week. Yeah, Morky's special guest. Morky. Uh, yes. So uh, before we get started, uh, again, a reminder of Let's Talk About Gay Stuff, our podcast, our new podcast. This is episode number two, where we talk about gay stuff. We kiki uh, about things that are going on in LGBT culture. We celebrate uh, all things that have happened within the LGBT, our LGBT history, uh, the culture, the people that have uh, have brought us here to where we are. And uh, we look to connect with one another and with the community at, at large. And so uh, we're excited again about this this next episode. I think we have a good uh, good topics to discuss. Meaty, as, as we did last week, we Ooh, meaty. We, <laughs> we get we go we go you know go we, we go light we go uh, we go deep. Sometimes we go dark. <laughs> and we go <laughs> and we go light again. So hopefully, <laughs> although we're talking about uh, so the topics we're talking about, we're going to talk about Boy George and his impact on the community. We'll talk about uh, the Pulse uh, nightclub and the and the event that happened there uh, back in 2016. And then we'll you know, we'll wrap it up with a, a topic about Judy Garland. Uh, so, but before we get too far in, a little uh, a little shout out to our sponsor, Economy Works. Economy Works, which is a freelance pr- platform that connects freelancers with companies that need project work. So, if you need recruiting help, marketing help, uh, a, a help with your QuickBooks, uh, the Economy Works Freelance Talent Network is here to help you uh, do more with less. Economy Works. When we work, the economy works. So, thank you to Economy Works. You better works. work. Oh, you better work. Shit. Oh, He's speaking of, it. yeah, speaking of, you better work. So that's a good transition. This week, um, I quit although, my job. You quit your job. Although we're we're talking about that a few weeks ago. Although we're talking about the it's week. It's official now. We're talking about the week of June 9th to June fifteenth. We're actually recording on June first, first, which is the day, the first day of Pride. Uh, but this week happened. We talked a little bit about it last week. The anticipation of RuPaul's Drag Race, the uh, finale. So who watched it? Me. Spencer, of course, watched it. Tony. I did not watch it. Did not watch it. Have you ever watched RuPaul's Drag Race? I've seen about three total episodes. Oh, what kind of gay are you? Not a very good this one. This is a cultural phenomenon. I know. Kendall. It's a straight phenomenon at this point. At though. this point, yes. This, the straights are appropriating it. No. I watched about four episodes total, did including your, the finale. Did your queen You win? always have to one-up me. Yeah. I watched three <laughs> exactly. episodes total. Well, for this season, you've watched yeah, three, three total. total. <laughs> yeah, my girl won. Evie Oddly. Evie yeah. Oddly. You know, uh, uh, it was a little lackluster, though. The I finale? was expecting more from her. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, I I wasn't impressed by any of the 
the the what do you call it the lip sync offs the dance offs whatever no. uh, the lip sync battles is that what they're it called? It was like we were edging the whole time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, edging, but nah, not getting to yeah. <laughs> I can, I, um, it's a decision like do I go there with him or do I do I try to level You've never up edge today yeah. <laughs> but uh I would yeah it wasn't that uh I, I was hoping to see some some big things oddly the one not Evie oddly but the one queen that I thought was the most um interesting in terms of their performance was the one that I wasn't a fan of all season which was uh Silky Nutmeg Ganache like she did that uh reveal with her wig or wag wig reveal where she kind of split them in half i thought that was pretty cool the other ones i was like we've seen all that, that. was a real scalp what <laughs> yeah <laughs> that she ripped off she ripped off her that's dedication <laughs> her expectations are high now that that's dedication so i i appreciate that but it was a good episode it was a good season uh of rupaul's drag race i think the the queen you know it's interesting because these 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 uh drag queens and i again i'm not an expert in this but i remember when you first started watching it kendall like they were all very green. These were like seasoned drag queens, and now you've got these drag queens that are like, that are drag queens basically just on Instagram. Like that's kind of their thing. Or they grew very up polished. Yeah, they they grew up. I mean, so RuPaul's Drag Race has been <coughs> on for what over ten years. So some of these queens who were twelve years old when this started, and so and the, so their whole inspiration of drag is RuPaul's Drag Race, right? Which is a different yeah. sort of phenomenon than uh, a Lady Bunny or RuPaul or uh, Bianca Del Rio, like those queens that weren't one earlier on, they were influenced by other like drag queens doing the drag circuit at those gay bars. But it hasn't changed that much though you to me. Let's see, if I started watching like live drag at, at around 2001, it's the same kind of. This was in a college town, Baton Rouge. It's the same kind of. I mean, they had backup dancers. They were extra. They had backup dancers. They had like costume reveals, all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't think it's changed that much. I, actually, what I feel like the drag queens now are under more pressure because, like I said, I mean my my take from this finale was like meh, but it was it was it was really good. But because you've seen a lot of these these things happen over the years, like you've got they've got to work harder to be bigger and differentiate themselves. So, um, so I mean, kudos to the queens. Well, and, Silky was bigger. She was yeah. bigger. <laughs> Tony's lost in this whole conversation, but nonetheless, that happened this week. Uh, Tony, anything happen? Anything fun other than you missing out on the finale of RuPaul's Drag Race happened? Someone, you know, any, anything happened for you? Well, I mean, nothing as big as RuPaul's Drag Race, but uh, cultural phenomenon. It's the it's the Super Bowl. Like we watched it at a bar, and there were some like you had all these men yelling at the TV, just like you would with any sporting event. Oh no, I went crazy. to one of the RuPaul's episodes at JR's, and yeah, it was ton of people actually i think it was maybe last season's yeah. finale yeah it's like yeah. if you go to a football game or an nba playoff game like the same sort of yelling and although it's higher pitched at the rupaul's drag race right exactly events yeah. yeah no i you know hang out with a lot of lesbians go to a lot of sports bars oh you do that's so, right that's right of course i know the On purpose <laughs> yes <laughs> tony's part that's lesbian. my life that's my life <laughs> he drinks he drinks miller light no he drinks classy beer because thank you because he's, he, he's got a job oh <laughs> <sighs> Any opportunity he can get to bring it up. <laughs> well, I didn't bring it up. It was not me. Oh, yeah. Oh, did you cut it off? No. I can hear you, though. 
no, 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 no. Keep going. No, it's fair. Uh, yeah, so it's what Spencer's reminding us, because Spencer is our, our sound guy. He's reminding us that today we've got special guest Ben Nguyen. <gasps> a live who, audience. Is he alive? <laughs> he is alive, right? Who? This is being recorded in front of a live studio yeah. audience. Of, an audience of one. Ben <laughs> Nguyen. But Ben made some awesome dinner for us tonight. Uh, yes. Noodles and dumplings. And I'm, I was all about it. So thank you to Spencer for uh, suggesting that and for Ben to Ben for executing on that because it was awesome. Spencer also made some good the spinach artichoke dip, which was amazing. But uh, So we're well fed. That said, Tony, how was your week? Week was great. Uh, you know, it's a normal week. Um, so uh, Thomas, Spencer, and I, we did uh, – have the opportunity today to attend a gay wedding, which was a lot of fun. It was to kick off Pride. Those are just called weddings now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kendall. I'm still stuck in my Get over it. It's toward 2019 yeah. now. But it was a lot of fun. We had some friends that uh, got married today. Kind of a surprise. It was supposed to be their engagement party, and they decided pretty recently that they didn't want to really go through the whole you know, process of getting married, whatever, big wedding, and so planning everything. So, so they broke it off. <laughs> they got married oh. at their engagement oh, party, and they surprised everybody. It was good. Yeah, though they, it was cool because they gave out invitations. Like they, so they gave everyone an yeah. invitation. So yeah, they told everyone be there by five thirty. The party was four thirty to eight thirty or whatever. They said be there by five thirty. We're going to announce the wedding party location, yada yada, and so then they handed out the wedding invitations, and it's like. April 1st, 2019. June 1st. Or June 1st. 2019. You missed the wedding. <laughs> yes. It was two months ago. This was the baby announcement. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Yeah. Well, it, see, that's what I like about what the gays are bringing, is that it doesn't have to be the yeah white dress, because honestly, what gay needs to be wearing white? <laughs> because they're not sure. <laughs> Tony. Tony would be the one gay. Uh, but they kind of, it gives the opportunity to, okay, we're not a part of the normal tradition yeah. of however many years of what a wedding is supposed to be, so we can kind of determine what it wants to be for us. Yeah, it was at a, should be for us. It was at a friend's house, uh, and so very casual. Everyone was like dressed in, you know, summer attire right polos shorts uh because it's in texas and a bunch of white and people there. it was going to be a wedding. yeah yeah and so everyone was and they told every, uh, in advance like don't bring gifts because i mean they didn't mean it <laughs> they, <laughs> they never uh, they never, right. never believe that. that uh you know dress very casual it's very casual just relaxed they would just wanted to have a good time with their friends and then again about five o'clock they handed out invitations um, but they were sealed in an envelope address, and they what they started off is like, oh, you know, a lot of planning, and everyone's been asking about the date, and because we're trying to save money, we we decided to give you the invitations here versus mail them, and then they said open them up, and you read, of course, that the, you know, you're invited to the celebration on uh, on June first, 2019, which was pretty cool. It was, it was cute. Yeah, uh, it was good. There was how many people were there? Was I mean for it being like a random At event? Was probably like there were a lot, yeah, forty or so, forty some, yeah. yeah. So it was a it was a cool event. I will say, yeah. I mean, it, well, before I say anything else, anything else about your week that worth noting? No, it's pretty no. much it. Yeah, the weddings were a good cap to the week because uh, earlier this week I went to two funerals, which were not fun. Uh, I mean, I. Fortunately, well, they're normally I, fun. <laughs> there's just <laughs> this particular, too. Uh, no, I didn't know either of the people, but I knew like 
in one instance, I went to one who's a friend of mine and her grandmother passed away. Another, a really good friend of mine, one of my best friends, her, her mother passed away. And so um, while I had never, I didn't really have any close association with the people that passed away, I wanted to be there for my friends who were kind of going through, through their, you know, their grieving. And uh, very different type of weddings. I mean, one, one wedding was done. Funeral. Was, yeah, funeral. Well, funeral. Fu- <laughs> These corpses were not getting married. This is not a corpse bride. Very different moment. types of funerals. Thank you. Uh, one was coordinated by the the sponsored by not sponsored by coordinated by the um, the the what's the type, right term the firm the organization the the company NRA that mortuary. did the mortuary. Thank you, Spencer. The mortuary that uh, that did the bushes um, funeral. So Barbara, we don't do bushes here. Eh, <laughs> Barbara and HW, and another one was in Louisiana, and so in, in where in Louisiana was this? Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So well, actually, Zachary, Louisiana. Zachary yeah. slash Baker to be yeah, specific. So very, Wait, so where are Zachary and Baker, Louisiana? It's about fifteen minutes from Baton Rouge. Yeah. Okay, and it was just. To, is to, it kind of a suburb or is it completely? Separate it's like a little town? bedroom community. Yeah, it's a sub, oh, okay. like suburbish. Like they're all connected, right? What's the culture there? Mm. You know, it's. You know, I want to make Louisiana jokes, but Exxon has a big presence there, and they all tend to move out to Zachary. Like a plant, Exxon plant. Exxon Not has like what, a refinery. Office. Yeah. Yeah. Refinery chemical plant. So it's a lot of people from all over the country, actually, that go to okay. this little outskirts of Baton Rouge called Zachary. But it's also most, it's still mostly small your typical town small town Louisiana. Yeah. And this was a, I mean, the, the, the funeral in Louisiana was a, you know, a family that been there for was was, was BYOB kind of yeah. born and bred out of out of Zachary and so which is outside of Baton Rouge, uh, so very different just type of like is one's very formal with the you know at a big you know church here in Houston and then the other one was in a small church sure, in, yeah in in Baton Rouge and so the interesting thing one uh, about the Baton Rouge experience uh, was we you know we were going there Kendall and I Kendall's best friend again one of my best friends. We're going out there to support our friend, and we get this this message right as we're hitting the bridge uh, to to go to cross the bridge, the Mississippi River, to cross the bridge to go into to Baton Rouge. We get we get this message from our friend uh, that says, "What, Kendall? Because you got it." Well, she called crying, saying that she accidentally <laughs> read a text message on her sister's phone, saying that she didn't want. Um, these gay people, meaning me and Thomas, coming to the funeral. So we were like, awkward. Yeah, we got there. We were getting there on a Sunday. The service was on Tuesday. So we were, our, our, our goal there was to go help out, like, the family, help our, our best friend out. And, uh, yeah, it uh, <laughs> we our plans changed quickly. So we... So you spent a couple days in Baker? Yeah, we spent like a vacation. I kept calling it my mini vacation. <laughs> yes. Every time I would do something like, who cares? I'm on vacation. I'll Even told our friend. It was Wait, so what did you do where you're like, oh, who cares? We're on vacation in Baker. Well, you ate a <laughs> six-finger, you know, Cane's meal. I had Cane's catered to the hotel, basically. Raising Cane's, fast food. Because um, it was probably two minutes away and you couldn't bring yourself to drive right. two minutes away. <laughs> Um, but see, the day before the funeral, I was getting antsy, and we had some friends in Zachary, which is close by, so we went to um, a local restaurant and just got, you and know, they we had some adult beverages. In Not in Zachary, no. Just kidding. We had some adult <laughs> beverages, and then so on the way back to the hotel, we went to a daiquiri shop and got a 
I said, what's the strongest drink you have? As one does. And, and of in, course. In I mean, it's Louisiana. Hello. But yeah, what not only did you say, hey, so trouble for shot. listeners yeah. that uh, aren't familiar with Louisiana, you can get drive through daiquiris. So you yeah. can drive up, get a daiquiri, and toll on down the road with your daiquiri. That's pretty much what happened. But So course, we got a triple shot but can in we go the to, strongest yeah, daiquiri. Yeah, in the strongest daiquiri, and you get a triple shot on top of that. Yeah. And on the way back to the hotel, because it felt like I had been there for weeks. Motel. Motel. Oh, yeah, the motel. The Western Inn, which when I booked it, I thought, Oh, it's the best way. It's like a two-story L-shape, typical. Yes. Yeah. No, it wasn't even an L-shape. It was just, you know. The, they they can't afford that letter now. <laughs> but, yeah. Although the sign at the hotel, at the motel said, <laughs> new rooms. Uh, and so we were like, oh, these are new rooms. Of course, we go in there and they're not. She said, rooms. baby, that sign's been up there for five years. Yeah. Well, Did they that? smell like smoke? Did people who, smoke in their Who's the one who told you that they, they've been there for five years? So on the way back to the motel, I said, oh, this has been a week. I'm going to get high tonight. You watch. As we parked, he said that. And then I get out of the car, and I see a lady with the, another daiquiri cup. And I was like, she's got it. So I like say, party. hey. Woo. And then within five minutes, she had blazed the yeah. weed up. And I went into the room. Whoa. I called up Spencer. I'm like, oh, tell them you know, debrief on what that's going on. And I'm waiting for Kendall to come back in the room. And I'm like, he was serious. He really found a local. To- she was super sweet, though. She was visiting from Shreveport, and she kept saying, I just love Baker. I just love this place. I could live here. And I was what like, was she visiting? Girl. Why was she visiting? Her uh, boyfriend works offshore. Oh, oh, okay. So that's where they meet, I guess? Something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was loving it, though. And I, while she was loving it, he was you know, basically passing out on the sidewalk, and I was reevaluating all of my life choices as I looked at the water tower that read Baker in an empty parking lot. A text on Spencer. Memorial Day, You're like why on am Memorial I not living with, here? My, with my ex-boyfriend, right? And I'm like, what? Why am I not living and here? A, and as we wait to go to a, a funeral that we're basically going to crash, <laughs> right? Not invited to. <laughs> and so I'm like, what is happening in my life? I'm turning thirty. I'm going to turn forty this year, and this is how I'm living Last my life. Uh, we're in a motel, right? So it's just like this is great. So that sounds amazing. Yeah, it's good. Hey, you make the most of it when you're a baker. <laughs> we did. I should, I, I, but I feel badly like having like thinking like I didn't think badly of the girl, but I was just like we just have different life experiences. But hey, if that's what she was, what she was living, she was living her best life. Then kudos to her. She was walking around in her socks, and then she took off her shoe. The her lady socks. from Shreveport. Yeah, and she had her Louisiana feet. Also, she they we were, call them with Dixie feet. They were blazing. They were blazing up, though, with the uh, the the office manager. <laughs> of the motel, which of was course, great. yeah, and she was the one who told us, "Oh, those those have been up for forever." So, um, so that was a week. Yeah. What does our live audience think of that? <laughs> live audience is also known as my boyfriend. <laughs> yes. The first he's heard of this story. We're, yeah, we're recording this in front of a live studio audience this week. Very proud. Um, so, what? Uh, you can go back to sleep now. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, so those were our 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 week. Anything else happened, Kendall? Noteworthy besides? I think that was enough. Yeah, that was a lot. I had a mini vacation. You had a mini Woo. vacation to Baker, no. Baker, right. Louisiana. Yeah. What a week! What a week! So uh, let's speaking of, let's talk about this week in, in in gay history. So or LGBT history. So again, covering the week from June 9th to June or June fifteenth. Um, Tony, you want to start us off? Yes. Okay. So this week in history, Boy George was actually born in 1961. And so 
I feel, you know, everyone from at least our generation knows Boy George. Um, when I think of Boy George, I just think of, you know, his appearance, his clothes, his hair, you know, who he was, singer. I didn't really know a lot about him other than just uh, who he was with Culture Club and things like that. Um, but he has a very interesting history. And, you know, um, you know, I think some gays talk about or some gays struggle, you know, for lengths of time about being accepted and things like that. But um, so, you know, he kind of really was who he was, didn't care what people thought, whatever. And so he was actually that way from a young age. So he was born in southeast London, um, a very like working class Irish neighborhood. He had four brothers and a sister. And so he really thought of himself as like the pink sheep of the family. He never really fit in in his family. And then um, when he was in school, he never really fit in. And so um, he, you know, he was just always himself. And so even at a young age, he just dressed how he wanted, wore his hair how he wanted. And he didn't mind like getting stared at walking down the street, even though his whole family was like, oh, and, you know, he wasn't accepted in school. And so to the point where he was in school, he actually got permanently expelled because of his clothes and his hair and things like that. And so um, around that time, there was this new romantic period that David Bowie kind of was a big part of where, you know, there was this um, – could wear crazy hair, crazy makeup, just – Gender bending. Yeah, like, uh, you know – costume clothing pretty much day to day and it makes me wonder if um freddie mercury you know from a decade earlier wasn't kind of like an inspiration for some of this but um so uh boy george he just took to it and just that's who he was and so he started he was so outlandish in his appearance that he just started getting interviews based on his appearance and there was a music manager that kind of you know he uh, boy george caught his eye and so he had Boy George perform with – because he also had, you know, vocal talent. What kind of performing was he doing? Just singing. Oh, okay. At the time. But uh, he – so he had him sing with one of his bands, and he, you know, was pretty popular, but there was kind of friction between him and the manager. And so he actually thought, I can just form my own band. So he formed his own band that uh, eventually became Culture Club. And actually they were um, – other than the Beatles, they were the first band to ever have three uh, top ten hits in their oh. debut album. Yeah, so they were kind of like this huge hit, and they were prop popular for like five or six years, and then they kind of fizzled out. They were just kind of this red-hot flame, and then um, he tried going solo for a bit. It didn't really work out that well, and then in the 90s, he you know, really kind of regained popularity as a DJ and a fashion designer. And he's kind of had a, a longer career. You know, he um, actually created a Broadway musical that didn't last that long, but he's, you know, tried a lot of different things. He's been fairly, fairly successful. But, um, you know, uh, I think it's kind of inspiring that in the probably like mid-70s, he was just, I don't give a fuck. This is who I am. And that you know, really created his, like, eventual career and popularity, right? He wasn't, oh, I'll just adhere to this working-class Irish, um, you know, neighborhood uh, culture or whatever. I'm just going to be who I am, crazy hair, crazy makeup, whatever. I have two thoughts when I think of Boy George. 
One is I hate the song Karma Chameleon more than what? anything else on earth. What? If that song comes on, I will wreck my car just to turn the radio off. I feel I'm that way with Love Shack. There might be a reason to turn it off, like... but I just think, yeah, totally. Come and on. the other one is I remember when he would come on as a child, like in the 80s. And when you're a little closeted gay mm-hmm. kid, you're like, you don't want to be associated with that much gayness. Yeah. So you have to be like, ew, gross. Or you have to like run from way. the room yeah. or yeah. turn off the radio because if you give the did? appearance that you like it, then, oh, you must be gay too. Because he was such like a laughing stock to yeah. Yeah. Which is so people crazy. I was around, I, mean, I should th- say. Think about it now. We're talking about RuPaul's Drag Race as this cultural phenomenon that's on VH1, right? Uh, but back in, back in the 80s, it was just like... You know, you didn't want to be around Boy George, right? It was just kind of like, you didn't want to be associated with that. Because I remember those same feelings as a kid. Like, that was not something you wanted to be associated with. Yeah. Was he was he always out as a gay person? or did So, he actually, to, in the he 80s, he bi? was actually, uh, you know, everyone suspected. And he was, um, he wasn't forthright. And actually, so in the 80s, you know, he had several interviews with Barbara Walters, various news programs. And... He always said that he was interested in men and women and that he had relationships and sex with men and women. Later, it sounded like he was more just gay. But I I wouldn't doubt like when he was that young, I don't know what his true feelings were deep inside, but he probably was having a lot of sex with men and women. I mean, this is what you did, right? Yeah. And I remember, you know, I watched a documentary or you lie about it. No, because, I mean, I watched a documentary about, like, uh, George Michael, and he knew he was gay. But when he was in Wham!, you know, he had sex with a lot of women. He's like, I enjoyed it. He's like, you know, there were these women throwing yourself, throwing themselves at you. Like, it was just fun, and that's what you did. And so I think you're probably just caught up in this crazy, you know, firestorm of, oh, my God, I am, like, so popular. Everybody wants me. I'll just have sex with men and women, you know? So even though maybe it wasn't his true passion, it's like, why not? So I, I don't doubt that he probably did have sex with a lot of women. Yeah, I mean, I, and I say just what you did, right? As a as a popular, you know, selling, you know, top 20, top 40 hits, you know, artists yeah. in, the, in the 80s or touring, like that's, you know, that was the, the, the dream, so to speak, as a rock star, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. You're doing those sorts of things, so. But for a lot of people, bisexuality is a way to gently come out. It is, yeah. That was what I did. At 15, I called my best friend. I was like, I got something to tell you. I said, I'm bisexual. <laughs> and she said, oh, I am too. And I said, I've known for years, but it's about me right now. <laughs> did she tell you? And then I was like bisexual for a month, maybe. Actually, it's funny because. And then I dropped that whole thing. Yeah. I have this friend. He's like very feminine. And um, I, I met him as an adult, probably like he was in his late 20s, maybe but approaching 30. And some of his friends from high school are like, you know, he's never come out as gay. And I was like, what? Yeah. And they're like, no, no. Like, so he went to high school here in Houston. He went to college like out of state. And when he came back after his first year, he's like, guys, I have something to tell you. He's like, I'm bisexual. And they're like, right. So he's never, ever come out as like, no, I'm just gay. He's still, but to this day, he's still bi. 
Well, he's never just like yeah. had the formal discussion, but it's like okay. But I like, mean, now he's married with a kid. I like, mean, to a man. Oh, I was like, well, <laughs> but like Freddie Mercury, like he was out, but he wasn't yeah, yeah. out publicly, right? So, right. boy George. But I guess again, I, I think you're just given these opportunities to, yeah, have sex. I say opportunities so freely, but I mean that was as a musician yeah. in the '80s, you're on the top of the charts. Yeah, and I feel like if you're in your early 20s, even though like you know your true feelings and passion, I mean. As George Michael said, if everyone's throwing themselves at you and you're yeah. just like into like drugs and sex and you know whatever, so well, I mean, what's the the take on Boy George now? I mean, I look back and I'm like, now he's, I mean, that he's pretty iconic in terms of the community. Yeah, so they apparently have to, um, he's going to have also have his bio epic. So you know, we had like Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. the Elton John one just came out this weekend, and so apparently he's. Oh yeah. really? Yeah. Oh, that'll be an interesting one. Yep. So he's a, a, a judge on The Voice still, or in the UK? Is he? Yeah, I, I, I saw some headlines. But oh, still? Th- yeah, I think so. Um, but uh, I don't know. What to, what's the take? I mean, what do you think of Boy George now? Like, either current... I can't get over Karma Chameleon. You're still mad about that. But he was good friends with George Michael, who was my first crush, I can't remember. Like, true crush. I feel George Michael... When he, he was, was in Wham! even. Well, yeah, I feel like when he was young, he was so good looking, and then as he, he had aged, he was just yeah, nice. he was just so good looking at every stage. Oh, you don't no, think so? He had that crystal no. from Dynasty See, haircut. I, I like that. The one video that I, I thought was really like sexy as a kid was he was. I mean, he was okay, but I like the the women. The the uh, one that was older. That was nineties. The, they were uh, the models were running down the. I want to say for your. Is mind, that when he was on his own? own? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, um, but he was. It was after Faith, but it was like one of those. There were models running down and walking down the runway. I was like, that was to me was a like it was doing not good things for a young boy in his mind. Uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, but George Michael, you're you're saying was kind of you were saying he was friends with. Um, well, they were boy both George. the queer people at the time, and I say queer in the term that they used back then of like. What are they queer? But no, I mean, but George Michael was a—he was a straight, and like all the women loved him. Like yeah. the women were not in love. With, I mean, and you don't have to get a, distance yourself from, uh, from. He had purple eyeshadow. Yeah, but. But I remember were, even being like five, thinking this boy is gay as hell. Well, that's because you had a gaydar, I guess. But most Wait, people, George Michael. Yeah, the, yeah. The women loved yeah. him, though. They did, yeah. And and so. He but was it was also the eighties, where I mean, you had. Rock bands and yeah, like I mean, even straight perms, rock, like yeah. Poison, and I mean they, yeah. you know, Sister. makeup and big yeah. hair, yeah. Freddie Mercury, like all those bands were like Elton John, like they it was that was an okay thing to do. And then, as we talked about last week, you know, the AIDS crisis hit, and then um, you know, it kind of tarnished the, the the gay community. So, unfortunately, but yeah, I, I mean, I look back at Boy George. I'm like, I'm glad we did, we talked about him or we're talking about him because I think. There was such a reaction in the '80s when he was coming out and made, like coming not out like as a gay person, but yeah. just on the scene that yeah, I think you know he's probably under under underrated. Yeah. Of, well, Ellen takes all credit for there ever being gay people existing anywhere on earth because oh. she came out on her show. But really, it's people like Boy George that yeah. paved the way for her and to I mean, be able to like do it. really like to have his like you know just his whole like his hair, his makeup, the way he did it, and just. To be that out, and in the early 80s, like this was 81, 2, 3, 4, 
you know, that was a big step. And now like, he's in his early 80s again. <laughs> well, and, and it's different, though, because we, <laughs> we talked about Elton John. Like, I, I don't feel like like Elton John was eccentric, but not Boy George. Right, creator, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and George Michael, I don't – like, he was a sex yeah, symbol. When he was, yeah, he was a sex symbol. And, when he and was, Freddie yeah. Mercury was flamboyant, but not on the same level. And then the, you had the hair bands who were, like, straight, right? They had all the yeah. – you know, Courtney Cox and their videos. Yeah, because, I mean, thing, so. Freddie Mercury, like, publicly didn't admit he was gay. And Boy George, I mean, he didn't deny it. You right. know, he's like – you know, I'm interested in both in the early '80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, and, and he's still around. So, I mean, he's outlived uh, these other queens. So, um, kudos to him. So, Silver boy, George. Daddy now. What's that? Silver Daddy now. Silver Daddy now. Uh, he, he <laughs> would you, boy, George? No, no, I don't. I, I mean, nice guy. Oh, you would, you would do. No, I thought you were talking about George. Michael. I was like, I I was like, <laughs> I thought you were raising your hand for boy George Spencer. I'm like, I know you like older guys, but I mean, come on. Uh, yes. All right. So that's boy George. I'm going to go to a heavy topic. We're uh, not talking about me. <laughs> uh, I wish I wish we were talking about you. But this um, uh, going back to June 12th, 2016. So Pulse Nightclub. Um, so a little bit about Pulse before we kind of get into to kind of the details. Pulse nightclub was started, was founded by Barbara Poma and a man named Ron Ledger. Um, Barbara was there through when this event happened in 2016. Uh, Ron left in, in 2014. So um, Pulse nightclub was started in 2004 in memory of Barbara's brother, John, who died of AIDS, with the idea that, uh, that the Pulse nightclub would be a safe place and an educational community venue and the hottest gay nightclub in Orlando. Um, what what she noticed and what she wanted to create was a sense of, of acceptance because when her brother came out, she saw that her family, who was a, an Italian family, uh, like very, very conservative, that they, they actually rallied to her gay brother when he came out. Um, they, they was brought acceptance overall, and, uh, and so she wanted to try to make that same sort of community and acceptance feeling uh, in the larger society with Pulse Nightclub. She says, however, uh, when John came out to his family and friends, the family dynamic transitioned from a culture of strict tradition to one of acceptance and love. So that's really what, what Pulse was about. Um, Pulse really, you know, the, the reason it was named Pulse was to keep her brother's spirit alive. And uh, the essence was that his heartbreak, heartbeat was reverberating, reverberating throughout the club. Um, the club was known for its party atmosphere, much like a lot of the gay clubs and its weekly themed performances. On the night of June eleventh, uh, twenty sixteen, it was Latin night, uh, and the party advertised main entertainment. Uh, the princess is a drag queen from Chicago. They had five dollar martini specials until midnight, five dollar sky bombs um, all night, and they had the hottest boys uh, you know, serving serving shots. You said the princess was the drag queen. Yeah. She was on RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh yeah. Oh well, that that there we go. Uh, full circle, right? Um, so that was the that was going on, and I, I mentioned that just to kind of put into context. It was a, it was a regular night, much like any night we would go out to to, to the gay bars. Um, I wish we had five dollar <laughs> drink now. Right? No, I'm kidding. Actually, in Houston, we get that. We don't get that elsewhere. As the night spilled into the early Sunday morning, um, there were nearly 320 people or so still enjoying Latin fit, flavor night. Uh, and then what happens around 2 a.m. Uh, on the on, on, on the 12th? Uh, is what we all remember now when a gunman opened up uh, open fire killing 49 people and wounding 68 people 
Uh, this was the deadliest mass shooting in the United States until the Las Vegas uh, shooting in, on October 1st, 2017, mm. and the nation's worst terror attack since 9-11. Um, a bit about the night. Uh, so again, around 2 a.m., that's when reports of gunshots in the center of the section of the club were reported. Uh, one witness described the situation. He said, just all hell broke loose. People were running for the door and jumping over the gates. Uh, and so for about a half an hour, the gunman would pace around the club. Uh, he'd laugh and then shoot at the bodies on the ground. And for those that were unable to escape right away, uh, some were playing dead on the dance floor, uh, hoping that you know he wouldn't shoot at them. Uh, others ran into the bathroom where they barricaded themselves in stalls, um, not wanting to speak, and many of them texting, texting their loved ones. Um, you know, there's stories about you know, you know, folks texting their mom, mommy, I love you, I'm in the club. I'm trapped in the bathroom. You know, call the police. Um, so that's kind of how kind of the night, the night, you know, the the, the shooting un unfolded. Uh, social media was you know utilized to notify people. Um, Pulse sent out a, a Facebook message shortly after the the shooting started uh, to to stay uh, to stay away, and uh, the police department used Twitter to to notify people that the, you know the event you know, the shooting was happening. Um, this was happening for, for several hours, and then around 4, 4 a.m., <clears throat> the police began to finally kind of make some headway to get some people out of the out of the out of the club. They were utilizing the air ducts, so they were kind of breaking kind of the air ducts and, and pulling people ar around or pe pulling people out. And then around 5 a.m., that's when the SWAT team members were uh, detonating an explosives to blow a hole in the wall uh, to to try to kind of make some inroads into the to the to club. <clears throat> Finally, at a, at 5:15 a.m., that's when the re police reported the shooter was down, um, and at 5:33, that's when the or 5:53 a.m., that's when the Orlando Police Department confirmed to the public via Twitter that the shooter was dead. Hmm. So that was a you know the night that happened. Um, obviously, a huge impact on the LGBT community, um, and not not just the LGBT community, but you know, Americans as a whole, like you said, that was kind of the, the at that time the <coughs> excuse me largest largest mass shooting and then the largest terror attack uh, that happened. Um, again, did we ever figure out if it was like what the motivation was? <coughs> um, I mean, the, the shooter. So I mean, I, I I did some research on the shooter, and I'm like, how much do I really want to talk about him? Because um, he, you know he's a He's a bastard, right? He was a troubled guy. Now that's sad. I mean, he, you know, claimed to have, um, or there were uh, reports that he had mental, mental issues, and so you don't want to minimize mental health. Um, but uh, you know, he, when he called, so he called like between the times that he started shooting and the time the fi the police finally kind of got in and and eventually shot him. Um, he had called the news stations, the police department. Uh, he was checking pulse, you know, checking the internet. Called a friend, texted his wife. Um, but he, when he called the police initially, he called 911. He told the reporters basically, that he, or the the dispatcher, that he was um, doing it you know, on behalf of ISIS. But I also read that, and his wife admitted that um, he had had, you know, s sexual relations with men, and apparently he had a relationship with somebody that was in the club, and. His family never accepted him because he was gay. And the gay community rejected him with some of the reports. Yeah, and so he was just I, – I feel he just uh, – I mean, all this is from what I read at the time, but I just remember thinking, like, he was this frustrated person who 
you know, couldn't be he couldn't be gay. He nobody would accept him. Like his family, the community, and probably had some mental illness. And between all that, he was just so troubled. This was his expression. Yeah. Um, so some of the later reporting on that is that he, uh, at least from the news outlets that I was looking into, um, that he they couldn't confirm or substantiate the the claims that he was gay uh, or that he had any same-sex relationship. Um, there were claims that he was on Jacked or that he was on uh, Adam for Adam or whatever that app is, but that the police couldn't um, substantiate those claims. And so they basically um, said that they, they, you know, his homosexuality or uh, the accusation couldn't be proven and therefore wasn't like part of the, the, the basis for why he did what he did. Hmm. Um, Very cloudy still to this day about what his motivations were. Yeah. Which yeah. is, I think, important to note than to say he did it because he hated gay people. You know what I mean? It was a tragic night for gay people. But I think it's important historically to be like, this is a complicated issue. He supposedly slept with a guy. He, um, yet he had a wife. Yet he was on some of the apps. Well, like, again, but they couldn't they couldn't prove that he was on the on the apps, um, and so uh, I mean, what they because they that, that were the claim those those were the claims I remember those claims um, again I because I wanted to like say oh, is that is that why he went out and, and did that and was he a troubled member of our community? Uh, well, he was mentally ill, regardless of the reason. Right, right, um, and, and which he, is more important than anything else? To you know? Yeah. He had issues. He needed help. He couldn't find it, regardless as if he would kill. I mean, it was a horrible night for anyone, but specifically the gay community because we're so used to being killed and bullied and beaten up for being gay that I think instinctively we were like, ah, yeah, that could have been us. Well, but I it was a, a messed up, troubled guy who needed help. And yeah, I mean, again, I did, don't want to minimize the the mental health aspect of it. I mean, if, if you have mental health issues, you, you know, it's important to get help. I mean, uh, as I think Barack Obama was saying the other day, not related to this, but if you have mental health, he's like, if you have a broken leg, you're going to go get checked out, right? You're not just yeah. going to keep running around without a bro- with a broken leg. My copay um, is uh, at this point one hundred fifteen dollars. I will be splitting that mother up. But honestly. but the point is, you're not going to walk around, generally speaking, with a broken leg or with cancer. You're not going to go and treat. You're going to get yeah. treated. He's like, we need to view mental health, mental. Uh, yeah, there's just the a same stigma. Way. I mean, it's just and so. But I don't want to. I mean, what it, this guy did was was tragic, right? I mean, it was it was awful. I mean, again. Um, so many people, 49 people were killed and 68 people injured. And, and, and that's just, it, it has, uh, impacted the Orlando LGBT community, uh, the broader LGBT community. Um, and like I said, it wasn't just a LGBT issue. I mean, again, that was the largest mass shooting, uh, in the country at the time. Unfortunately, there's been another one, you know, again, not LGBT related, but that Las Vegas one where, uh, more people were, were killed, uh, in a mass shooting. I knew about Pulse before Pulse happened because there was a, at the time I was a flight attendant and there was a flight attendant friend that I went to flight attendant training with from Orlando and he used to always post, he would check in at Pulse and he would talk about how much he loved Pulse and Pulse was his family. So I knew it was in my consciousness Pulse because he had it on Facebook all the time. Yeah. And then when it happened, I knew he was okay because by the time I realized what was going on, he'd already said, okay guys, I'm not there. But just to see his Facebook journey of, 
what he was going through and that he knew people that were shot and killed. Oh my god, yeah. That was his. It there was, was like always his mothers safe place. that were there with their kids. Yeah. You know, like yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, sadly, like when I woke up that morning of the twelfth, because again, it happened in the middle of the night, early morning on, on the twelfth. Like I didn't like I saw the headlines, and at this point, you, I, I'm, we've almost become numb to these sorts yeah. of reporting, like another mass shooting. So, and then I saw like a uh, what when I saw the pictures, it was a bunch. Of, to me, it looked like brown people, like. People that look like me, Hispanic, Latino sort of yeah. folks. So I thought it was like a gang shooting. So I didn't want to, like, I'm not trying to minimize it, but I thought it was like, okay, these gangs were fighting. Um, and then coming to realize like the full story, like, you know, it was a, you know, a, a lone shooter that came in to, um, out of hatred for the LGBT community um, and, and attacked, um, you know, all those people, which was truly unfortunate. And like I said, it's something that, um, that really just, um, I don't know. It, was a, it, it, it has jarred me now. I mean, even today when I go out, I try to be mindful. Like, I, I, I manage my alcohol intake differently. Oh, it may not seem like that every you night. You drink more. <laughs> no, but I try to be. I mean, if something like that happens and if you're you know, yep. near a blackout drunk, how, you're not going to survive that, right? The other thing yeah. is I, I look at exits, and maybe that's my oil and gas training where you have to, you know, safety is priority. But I start to look at the exits. That's a good so point, yeah. How am I going to get out of here if something did go down? Uh, and it's not even, I mean, Pulse is one thing, but just because mass shootings happen all the time. And, you know, we were joking before we started about, like, joking in a sad way. But, you know, we, you know growing up, you said you had earthquake training and you said, you, you know, tornado training, um, you know, in terms of emergency preparedness. Um, now the kids have active shooter training, which is, is, is something that's that's just unfortunate in our, our current reality. Um but uh, but that's kind of the the you know the world we live in I guess, um, but nonetheless like I said a huge huge impact on on the community, um, just a little bit I mean, in terms of you know there's always in sadness I mean we can kind of go down in darkness or we can kind of look to hope. Uh, Pulse today, um, you know you look at their website, uh, they've got a message on there that says on. June 12, 2016, our Orlando community was changed forever. We grieved with the victims, their families, and our Pulse family, and we thank you all for the outpouring of support and love that is helping us through this tragic time. Uh, what's happened since then is that a foundation's been established by the founders of the Pulse, or by the founder of the Pulse Nightclub, to create and support a memorial that opens hearts. Uh, they're looking to open a, a museum, which they announced in uh, 2017, um, that they would be uh, starting a, a memorial to create a sanctuary of hope around the tragic day in American history. Uh, and so they're looking to honor the victims uh, and, uh, that were affected uh, by that, as well as this honor the survivors and the, and the first responders that were uh, taking care of all those affected in, in the event. Um, but today you can go and see uh, um, an interim uh, memorial. They've got an offering wall. Uh, so you can leave flowers or mementos. They've got viewing areas where you can see um, the, the club. Um, they've got a ribbon of wall uh, uh, photographs. Uh, they've got a digital guest book you can sign. And uh, they've got a survivor grove so you can kind of spend some time in some you know, calm space to, to reflect. Um, they are in the midst of uh, are in the process to develop a more formal memorial. Uh, and so finalists were just recently announced, I think, in the, in the last few weeks. Uh, for the the six teams that are in the running to do the final design uh, of the National Pulse Museum uh, Memorial and Museum, uh, that winning team will be announced in October of 2019. So, so did the bar reopen? No, no. Okay, so it's so just it's a not. memorial now. 
So, I, like, I think here in Houston, well, I know. So, in Houston, on Montrose, uh, just a block or two uh, north of Westheimer, there was, like, you know, a lot of, there was kind of an informal pulse memorial where people laid flowers and they had certain things. But I think that's going to be turned into, like, a permanent memorial. I think just a few months ago they announced, like, they're going to oh, yeah. have some kind of a permanent memorial there. Well, that's, I mean, I think yeah. that's good. I mean, I think that's a significant thing. Like, that that event, this, I mean, this Pulse yeah. Club shooting was, um, again, tragic. But I think particularly, I mean, happening in Pride Month, I just think, it, you know, it, it's worth kind of remembering. And the, the fact that Houston and I think other communities are developing similar memorials, I think, is, is really good. I mean, what they do today is, is again, they have that memorial. Um, if they have a Facebook page, so their website is up, but it's not really active, so they direct you to their Facebook page. But Every, well, for the birthdays of those who, who lost their lives, they they do a post, every, you know, when mm. those birthdays happen to just, you know, honor those folks. Um, you know, again, it was a, it was a big thing. The, the last thing I, I would note, and if I can find it in my notes here, um, you know, it, it was a big event. Um, and, you know, Barack Obama noted, you know, it was it was an act of, of terror and an act of hate. Uh, and he said it was an especially heartbreaking day for our friends who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender, uh, which is a far cry from our president today, who yeah. would, I don't know could you know muster up the the, the same kind of words. But um, the, the point being is, you had a national leader, our president, who was acknowledging that the impact on on the community. So um, again, an unfortunate event, but something that you know I think we we continue to grow and, and build from. So switching gears. How do you, how do we do that? Like, <laughs> how do we transition? Kendall. Well, know. there's only one day to on, only one way to do, and it, it's talk about Judy. Judy. Judy, Judy Garland. Garland. All right, let's talk about Judy. Judy was born on in 1922 on uh, June 10th as Frances Ethel Gum, which is the least gay icon name I've ever heard in my life. It's sexy though. Frances. Sexy Ethel. a little bit though, but it's like. Uh, Norma Jean Mortensen yeah, I was about last to say, week, was Marilyn like, Monroe's. Yeah, Marilyn's name. Um, she also died on June 22nd, 1969, but we'll talk about that later this month. Yeah, June was a big month for uh, Right, for Judy. poor Judy. Um, do I really need to go into Judy, though? Because she is one of the, she's my favorite celebrity of all time. Um, known for Wizard of Oz, Star is Born, um, and her concerts. She obviously was probably definitely at her time but still to this day i think the biggest gay icon of all time i think the gays identified with her um strength but also her vulnerability um and she gave birth to another gay icon liza minnelli but i didn't i didn't truly so we watched spencer and i watched the true hollywood story the other day so you can take that those sorts of shows for what they're worth. But I, I thought they highlighted some interesting things because I, I didn't really get, I'm like, so she did Wizard of Oz and because it has a rainbow, like why? I mean, I didn't get that connection, but as I understood her story, at least from True Hollywood Story, I got it a bit more in terms of why she was a gay. Obviously, yes, the, the normal things that we attribute to gay icons, like there's the tragedy, there's the strength of the endurance, the strong personality. Yeah. Uh, but her father was bisexual yeah was and whatever at least one of her husbands was liza's liza's dad yeah uh was, Who was he? Oh, actually was two of them vincent minnelli who's like a producer okay. so liza's dad and then she had her last husband or second to last husband was also yeah uh, two of gay. her so liza's liza liza's dad was 
well rumored to be bi. Um, but allegedly, he, mar- he married a woman. Like he's like I think when he ended his life, like when his when he passed, like married to a woman. Uh, but she had another husband after him who was um, was rumored to be bi. Took care of her, but then eventually, like, ended his when he passed away. He was, um, he was a, uh, uh, he was in, uh, partnered with the man. Mm. So. Kendall, I just wanted to ask: Have you ever seen Valley of the Dolls? No, but she was originally supposed to be in Valley of the Dolls. She was, and I think Patty Duke is her. What do you mean? Uh, the girl who play, pay, plays Patty Duke in the oh. movie, but her husband is gay. She leaves the one that she loves originally. For this a is gay Spencer man. the intern, by the way. This is Spencer the intern, and she <laughs> finds him in bed with a woman, and then goes out to the pool. But in, originally, she find Judy Garland finds Vicente Minnelli in the bed with another man, and she which makes it all the more ironic because she did screen tests for Valley of the Dolls, and yeah. was too high and drunk to where the director fired her. And even the screen tests that you can find on YouTube are her like a tragic, sad, cry into your negligee moment. And Patty Duke in the movie originally goes on drugs, and so she goes to a, a, a sanitarium to dry out, and then she goes back to Broadway, and she's still doing pills, and they're like, "You're gonna lose your part," and it, it just it seemed to resonate with the E Trophy story, <laughs> not with me, bitch. <laughs> Um, oh, poor Judy. What was I going to say? So Judy was my, Wizard of Oz is my favorite movie of all time. I used to watch that over and over and over again as a child. Why is that and such a gay movie? When I was a little kid watching uh, Wizard of Oz, I was like obsessed with Judy Garland. So the whole story, obviously I didn't know her story. Was it a But there was slippers? something about her. <laughs> No, because we had a black and white TV when I was that age. <laughs> How old are you? At least you had TV. We had a black and white at TV with bunny uh, oh, ears. But I was obsessed with her. <laughs> and then, okay, so so Judy Garland did this concert that was like supposedly one of the greatest concerts of all time at the London Palladium, and there are no recordings of it. And then I went with my friend Sonia Gale. Whoop, whoop. Uh, to London, we stayed at a hotel, and there was a theater next door, and the theater was playing Wizard of Oz, like it was a live stage theater. I was like, obviously, I have to go. So we go, and then I'm reading the plaque in the bar, and it says, on June whatever, 19, blah, 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 Judy Garland sang one of her biggest performances of her life here at the London Palladium. I was like, full circle, gay Judy kid moment. Wow. Watching The Wizard of Oz in the theater that she was known for. I could have just died there. Dead. Are you dead? Gay dead, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're gay dead. We're looking at, as a ghost, at, at the ghost of Kendall. What's your, uh, what's your connection with Judy? So when I think of Judy Garland, um, I mean, I loved her. I thought she was great. I, I, like, I go to the I, – I feel her story is very tragic. Like, we've talked about this with Brittany. I feel like, you know, she was um, – successful at such a young age and i think like the the movie companies just got a hold of her and she was just money to them and i feel she was under so much pressure and that's what drove her to like the alcohol and the drugs and um that's what i think of when i think of poor judy garland so this true hollywood story 
they said that her, her parents were giving her because they as kids her the and her siblings were, were doing shows and so what they would do is they would try to they try to give them energy because they were performing like all day all night whatever and so they'd give them uppers speed. yeah speed and then to get them to bed at night they would give them barbiturates downers right she was like a normal 21st century child yeah so you but get I mean, ritalin and you get yeah right but Adderall i mean and, and so then so, so there was that and then as she was getting Heroin. older like she was also not older but even in her later teens right when she started getting well that more, is old more uh, like these bigger parts in hollywood movies uh she had battled with weight she was only like four left she was under five feet and so she uh, the weight showed up easily i guess and so she uh so they were giving her drugs for her weight as well and so she was dealing with all these things and yeah. then then you and how do you ever stress. come off of that i mean it's like right yeah so yeah I mean, she was just fed all of these awful yeah toxins and then it's like well be normal and then she you tell a kendall have said like basically when she passed away like she was just skin and bones like like her. oh she was so Tiny. And how old was she? I she think was she was 47, yeah. but she looked so old. She did. And she kind of looked ready to go. Like, she was just, like, going through the motions of living. It was yeah. very sad. She would get really big, and then she would be anorexic the next time you saw her. God, I've only found one part of that. I'm only able to get really big. She's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, she had, she had all sorts of, condi- I mean, yeah. liver. Well, her liver was failing because she was an alcoholic. And she took all the pills. Like, yeah, she had all sorts of ailments. So she was in and out of rehab, um, on and off drugs. Her weight was up and down. She would drink. And she had all these different, you know, in and out of these marriages. And, I mean, she was trying to be a a big name in Hollywood as well as trying to uh, raise kids and her family. Like, it was was stressful. Like, I can't imagine. Oh, my God, yeah. the impressive thing is, is she, and I think this is why she gets a lot of credit as a gay icon, is she she powered through. Like, she was trying to, I mean, she ended her life, I think, nearly bankrupt, if not, or had several bouts where she was close to bankrupt. Um, but she just kept working. I mean. Yeah. She OD'd like uh, Marilyn of Barbiturates. Died in her sleep. So, unfortunately, yeah, she, she wait, gone way too soon. But, I mean. Uh, what an amazing life, though. I mean, the woman yeah. led. I mean, the, all the things she did. Uh, she had numerous comebacks um, in such a short life. But uh, but yeah, it was pretty pretty impressive. She did address her gay fans. So there's an interview online about. Um, the interviewer was like, "What do you think about the fact that people say a lot of your friend your fans are gay?" And she was like, "How dare you say that about my fans?" You know, which isn't exactly like sticking up. I think she was trying to be oh, okay, yeah. ambiguous, you know. Um, but the interviewer was like, your, your fans are gay. And this was in the 60s when you could not be gay. She was like, how dare you talk about my fans like that? But she had all but sorts very of- much in a way that was kind of like, I'm not denying it. I'm not confirming it. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sticking up for them. I'm not bashing them. I'm not. Which is what you did at the time. You yeah, just kind I'll of put you in your place for yeah. She had all sorts of gay people around her, whether they were she was married to them, but like her hairdresser, like her stylist, like those people were like out oh, gay sure, people, yeah. um, in in even at that time. And so like she was very well of the the gay community. But to your point, like when Preston in the '60s, like are you going to admit, like yeah, I yeah. love being a gay. A Gaga embrace. Gaga, I would say, was probably one of the first ones to be like, I'm all in. Um, but until then, which was in 2009, like well, the first mainstream one, yeah. 
So I don't know. Favorite Judy performance? Did you do? Did you have one? Did you pick anything up, Tony? No, other than Wizard of Oz. Not really. Kendall, you've got the band that actually, got away. Oh, I, I, do I could only have to name one? Name them all. <laughs> actually, <laughs> my favorite movie of hers is the Harvey Girls, and um, I don't know if you know what the Harvey Girls are, but so basically, when the rail railroads were being built. Um, you know, it was they were built for functionality to like get goods, but then they also America wanted to settle the West, and it's like, uh, how can you settle the West? It's like gunfights or whatever. And so, can't remember his first name, but some guy Harvey created the Harvey houses, and they were like these really nice restaurants, good food, because they wanted people from the East Coast to vacation. Mm-hmm. You know, and so Harvey girls, they're like I've actually read a book about the Harvey girls, but um. They kind of helped settle the West. So he would create these Harvey houses, and they wore these uniforms, and they were, like, professionals, and they were women that were like, I don't just want to be, like, a wife and mother back on the East Coast. I want to go out West. And it was dangerous. Um, but there was a movie about it, uh, and Judy Garland was a star hmm. about the Harvey girls. And the, Never heard of it. The movie was a little bit romanticized um, versus, like, what their actual function was and stuff like that. Yeah. But that's one of my favorite movies of hers. Huh. Kendall, do you want to talk about your Judy days or your? your well, you, she had a show in the 1950s where she sang. It was like a variety show, kind of. Yeah. Or she would have other singers on, like Barbara Streisand was on there, Lena Horne. Um, but she sang "The Man That Got Away," and it was like I used to listen to that every night before going to bed years ago. <laughs> and I might have had a bottle of wine before. Well, how big was that bottle? Like, a <laughs> I might have had a jug. A jug of wine. Um. And then the day after JFK died, and she was close friends with JFK, um, she sang Battle Hymn of the Republic um, on her show, and it was beautiful, and you can tell like the audience was obsessed because it was their like tragic event, and they were all... Um, that might have been my favorite performance of hers as well. Like, yeah. That was pretty powerful. Like She, was a she had a voice, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Which I didn't appreciate. I mean... Uh, Somewhere Over the Rainbow was good, like epic, or, you know, but uh, yeah, it was very, um, I mean, that performance, Tony, we're going to have to show you in a, a little bit so you can. Actually, I was involved. just thinking I need to YouTube this. Yes. Well, this is a beautiful thing about YouTube that you have all those sorts of uh, things you can see nowadays. So, But uh, but yeah, Judy, definitely an icon, eh? To be the biggest icon. Yeah? Yeah. She's my favorite celebrity. Yeah. She started, yeah. Other uh, than Oprah. Other than Oprah. For another time. For another time. <laughs> a future episode. Yes. Well, I'm sure we can devote a whole episode to Oprah and all of her greatness. When she runs for president. Yeah. You think? No, that's, that ship has sailed. Yeah. That was for like one minute after. It was a good she speech. She thought about it, though. That after a, the Oscars like that two was years a, ago. That was a good speech. All right. So I, I think, uh, again, we, 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 hit, uh, we hit some good good topics this week. I mean, uh, Boy George, uh, I, again, I would maintain kind of uh, an underrated gay – uh, like influencer, uh, you know, yeah, uh, um, then you had the Pulse nightclub, uh, tragedy and then Judy Garland, which, you know, Kendall, I think you're getting me on, on, on team Judy as terms of like a, a top, like top gay icon. Like I wasn't under ever under, underestimating her, but as I saw that true Hollywood story the other day, I'm like, this woman was, I need to watch this. Else. You just saw it on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. She was to use a gay word fierce. I can send you all the good Judy clips. Yeah, he's got them all, like, on a playlist. So I always have a soft, soft spot in my heart for, like, the tragic 
yeah she was she was in. yeah very yeah yeah all right well uh well good chat ladies so thank you for the discussion this week i think we have some exciting topics next week as well so we'll uh we'll, we'll have a nice session for next week so um, well how do exciting topics top pulse shooting Hell. <laughs> yeah, well, we ever you're always so that? optimistic, Kendall. Between, between <laughs> HIV last week and Pulse, yeah, yeah, we just we keep all the what we need, what we talk about, yeah. Yeah. or massacre. What we need to, about we need to keep week. the serious issues alive. Yes. But yes, I mean, what's good to remember them and you know yeah. respect kind of the milestone in our in our journey as a community. So exactly. All right. Well, we're here. We're queer. Get used to it. So thank you for listening to our podcast. If you like what you hear, subscribe to future episodes. Also visit our website at letstalkaboutgaystuff.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Let's Talk About Gay Stuff and on Twitter at Talk Gay Stuff. And if you liked our podcast, you should give the hose over at our spoopy podcast a listen.